Welcome to Neighborhood Conversations. I'm Angie Woodworth. I'm one of the pastors at Neighborhood Church, and I'm so glad we get to connect with you through this podcast today. In this episode, we will be sharing the sermon from Sunday, March 12th. That's the third Sunday in Lent and part of our Digging In series. The scripture for the sermon this day is the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. From there, Jesus went to the regions of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from those territories came out and shouted, Show me mercy, son of David! My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. But he didn't respond to her at all. His disciples came and urged him, Send her away. She keeps shouting after us. Jesus replied, I've been sent only to the lost sheep, the people of Israel. But she knelt before him and said, Lord, help me. He replied, It is not good to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Ugh. She said, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall off their master's table. Jesus answered, Woman, you have great faith. It will be just as you wish. And right then, her daughter was healed. So I say that this is the word of God for all of us who are the beloved children of God. Even when the messages are strange and hard to hear, and we say together, thanks be to God. You can be seated. Will you pray with me? God, some of your stories are hard, but life can be hard. So we come to you today with questions and with worry, with weariness, and with joy. And we're going to give it all to you because sometimes we can't hold it all. And I pray that when we open ourselves up and come to you to see you and to know you, that you would let yourself be known. That in these words and in this time together, we might know you more deeply. We might see a path to connect with you more deeply in our own lives, and that most of all, we will experience your transforming love, that we might share it with this world that needs love so, so much. And I pray all of these things in the name of Jesus, the one who is God in a body and human just like us, while he is God just like you. Amen. So, where do you get your information? Um, hmm? The internet. Does anyone still get the newspaper? Yeah? The, the AJC? Yeah, digitally counts. The AJC? Good old AJC. We don't get it anymore, but sometimes we need that newspaper, right? <laughs> like, I can get the content online, but can't get the craft supplies online. Um, but, and lots of us have thought about this some in the last years as 
information has become more digital, as we've learned more about media bias, and that's kind of become a more common thing, as media conglomerates get bigger and bigger and owned more by the same sources, right? Um, and many of you have probably seen that like bell chart sort of thing of media bias, right? And they update it every year or so, um, kind of places different media outlets of all kinds um, on the right to left American version of that continuum, right? Um, you may have checked on that. And maybe that's like changed how you get information. Maybe that's in influenced that. I think a lot of us are also influenced by this societal and generational shift, I think, from um, what I would call mass media of like one narrative to more of an individual, experiential, and grassroots narrative, right? Like I know a ton of folks, and I would include myself in that, that count one of their news sources um, as TikTok these days. And that might sound really bananas to some of you, but there is real truth happening in some of that. Reddit can be a real source of real information, right? But here's what I want you to think about. Are your sources of information diverse? Or do you kind of have one place you go? One or two places? Are your sources of information outside of your everyday circles? Or are they pretty consistent with the circles you run in? Because, you know, we've talked about diversify your shelf, right, as part of a, an anti-racism, um, justice, education, learning piece. Like, read different books, listen to different podcasts. But news counts too, right? Like, all the forms of information we enter into our lives matter and impact us, right? And so having that come from a diverse set of resources is important and helps us see things in a different way. Kind of even the same thing, right? Like the kids and I were looking at this cross, same cross, different sides. So around here, you might get news from Atlanta News from an AJC source, maybe one of our local NPR stations, um, maybe Atlanta Progressive News, maybe Atlanta News First, there's a CBS affiliate. It's still like a mass news media thing. They've got a ton of things, but it's locally owned in Atlanta, and maybe that impacts that a little bit. I think right now in Atlanta, I don't know if any of y'all are following this, but um, the, there's so many places that this can become important, right? Um, and right now the Stop Cop City movement um, is kind of everywhere in our local news, right? What have you heard? I'm hearing multiple perspectives. I've worked really hard to try to get my sources from multiple diverse places. And I've heard the narrative that there were arrests made at the music festival. This past week was an action week, right? So it started the week with a music festival. Um, and I've heard that there were um, things set on fire, Molotov cocktails and people arrested and that all of the agitators are from outside of Atlanta. People are being shipped in to come from outside of Atlanta to fight against this thing that Atlantans aren't opposed to. Now, I'm hearing from folks who've been on the ground, who were there that day, that there was a big 
music festival, all ages represented a peaceful music festival, and yes, there was a group of people who went to another part of the property and set some things on fire. There are differing perspectives about whether they were allowed to walk past the police with no interruption when they headed that way. But then the arrests happened, not over there, but at the music festival. People were gathered up at the music festival, and everyone who had a local ID was let, let out with no arrest at Gresham Park. And everyone who was from out of town was arrested and booked, and therefore their um, out-of-townness like, made public because their arrest record was made public. Those of us who grew up wanting to believe in like verified sources of news reporting and all those things, right? Maybe it's hard to take just a story of someone on the ground. Maybe they're telling their own story. The owners of many of the mass media production companies in Atlanta are donors to the Atlanta Police Foundation that are funding Stop Cop City. Are they telling their own narrative too? I don't know, but I can tell you I'm going to pay attention to both sources and listen to all of it and try to piece together my own, my own, try to, my own understanding. It gets even more complex too, right, when it starts to be people's lives. Many of you may have heard of the death, to say it in a narrative-neutral way, of Manuel Esteban Paez Tehran. He also went, they also went by the name Tortuguita, I think is how they would have pronounced it. Um, and they were killed on the property as a pro while they were protesting the cop development of Cop City on January 18th. The story that came out initially, as many of you may have heard, um, in the news sources were that um, they had a gun and shot first at the police, right? I don't know, I wasn't there. Their body has been released to their family and um, the autopsy shows there's gonna be a more information after a second autopsy. There's gonna be a press conference tomorrow, but right now they're saying that that autopsy shows that they were shot through their hands like this. Both hands shot by multiple weapons and in a, they would have had their hands up and empty as they were being shot at. The autopsy shows they were sitting in a cross-legged position with their hands up. Which is right? Which is wrong? I just want us to think about how it really matters what information we are taking in as we process the world and live in the world. And in this story, Jesus encounters someone who is not a normal source of information from, for him. It is someone outside of his circle, and he is changed. And I suspect that might happen for us, too. So, this person is outside of all of his circles. And they don't just show up politely asking to schedule some time, right? She is shouting 
The disciples are already irritated at how much she is shouting and disrupting and getting in their face repeatedly because Jesus is ignoring her, the disciples are ignoring her, and she won't give up. She is persistent in shouting at them. And she's an unexpected source, right? Um, In his life, she is, there was information in his narrative about her, right? She's a Canaanite. She's an outsider from his community. Not, not someone who can be trusted, and it's a woman, and women didn't have, I mean, Jesus kind of lived against that whole, like, outcasting women thing, but in the society, she would have been someone without power, and here she is having the ovaries to interrupt Jesus and the disciples and shout and, like, scream at them, right? Like, she was somebody, and she demands that he hear her voice, But y'all, he calls her a dog. Like his analogy response to her is like, yeah, well, we don't throw the good food to the dogs. But she turns it on him, right? And goes to this kind of, offers like a different narrative. Like, yeah, but you let the dogs eat the scraps. Which, I mean, I know that the dogs were different then. Like pets were like outside at, well, Pets were different. Dogs weren't like just beloved pets. They were work animals. They were whatever, right? So I get it. But it really did instantly make me think of this um, comedy routine I heard by um, a comedian from the UK whose name is Nick Thomas. Um, and if you go look it up, there's a, put a language warning on it. I'm going to interpret it without his language. Um, but he tells, he talks about how Americans like go too far with our dogs. Has anyone heard this? routine. Um, And he talks about how his dad passed away from cancer. And they were all there. And two days later, his mom says, should we tell the dog? Like, this is like your dad's dog. I don't know. So she leans down and she says, he's gone. He died. And he's not coming back. And Nick says that his dad's dog of 15 years who had been by his side jumped up in his dad's chair where they sat together every night, curled up, and went to sleep, and died that night. And then he says, here's how I know you Americans go too far. When I mentioned that my dad died, silence, not anything. But when I told you that story about the dog, y'all were all like, aww. Right? So maybe there's something to this. Like, is it easier to have sympathy for animals than it is for other people? Like, is she spin? Yeah, sometimes, right? I mean, maybe it's because, like, it seems like we have more capacity to, to help their situation, right? Like, a dog is less, I mean, still, you could make the case, but less wrapped up in, like, the massive systems of whatever that humans get caught up in, right? They're also less likely to be rude to me, right? They're less likely to, like, offend me or just irritate me, right? Or if they are, then I just won't adopt that one, right? Like, I don't know. Maybe we see them as more innocent. But is she getting at something, right, about, like, you can have sympathy for an animal who needs food, but you can't listen to me when I tell you I need the food you have, the nourishment, the care you have to offer? 
And there's something about that image. We don't know what happens. There's no um, interpretation. There's no sidebar. And then the disciples asked Jesus later, and Jesus said, well, when she said that, I thought, we don't get any of that in Scripture, right? But there's something about that narrative, that story, that flipping the information, putting new something in his head, maybe just her insistence. And in that moment, Jesus rethinks his actions. He rethinks his words. And ultimately, he rethinks his whole ministry. Because it's not long after this, right, that we hear Jesus talking about, I've not just come for you, I've come for the whole world, right? I've come for all people that they might know God's love. She calls him out beyond himself, beyond his understanding of his identity, his circles, his work, his call in his life. And I wonder if we truly listen to and learn from people different from ourselves, people with different life experiences, how we might be changed. What connection with God might we find just beyond the circles we live in every day? What glimpse of the kingdom or path to living into the kingdom might we discover? Now, I, I've done a lot of learning on educational theory and social change theory and all these things, and I'm not sure. We could have a conversation about Paulo Freire and other things some other time, those of you who love that stuff. But I'm not sure that we can change without some outside stimulus, without some prompt of some kind. And so, as I've been thinking about this text, I've been thinking, what things have changed me in my life? What things in your life have changed you or shaped you or interrupted or disrupted or just been like a little spot, right? In theory, education is that, right? We learn more about the world, about the government, about whatever, and we develop thoughts, we develop ideas in addition to the information, the facts that we are given, right? We encounter different people, we encounter different life experiences, and we grow and we change. I think about the voices and experiences that have changed my perspective. Just listening to different people's stories and knowing about their lives has changed my perspective deeply in my anti-racism work, on my understanding of worker solidarity, on my, I've always, I don't ever remember not having a full inclusion mindset around gay and lesbian folks, and then bisexual folks seemed really logical and easy to put in there. But, um, and I don't, I mean, I was fairly young when I first met trans folk, but my learning about the experience of trans folk has really changed my perspective and my theology, right? And then I think back to even before that, like how I was formed, because I've, I've always been pretty on the progressive end, if that's the word you want to use, right? I had good parents who loved all people, but there was a lot I didn't know then, too. And I've learned along the way. And I think I was realizing as I was looking at the worship guide that, um, and preparing for this that folk rock, y'all have whatever judgments you want, like cool people in the room, but folk rock was one of my favorite music things, like high school, college, I'm a Lilith Fair 
child. Like some of my first concert tickets I like bought myself, right? Tracy Chapman and, and Lilith Fair and Indigo Girls. Um, so songs like Talking About a Revolution, songs like um, Jewel's Life Uncommon that has the line in it, no longer give yourself to that which you wish to be free from. Songs like Indigo Girls, Let It Be Me that we're gonna hear during communion have long been the soundtrack of my life. In fact, Let It Be Me was on that album, Rites of Passage. If you're an Atlanta native, you listen to the Indigo Girls because they were just from right around here, right? Um, and that album came out in 1992 when I was 12 years old. And so I've always listened to that. For 30 years, lines about rose-colored glasses begin to age and crack. And we're trying to see beyond the fences of our own backyards. That's just been embedded in there, right? But that's little things that can make a difference. You can come see me if you want. It's okay. Um, and I wonder how many times I've been connected more deeply to God or called to a path or some step in ministry or in living out kingdom life more fully because of one of those little prompts in my life or some person, some story who influenced my perspective. But I get it. This takes some digging in. It takes some deconstruction, right? I was also raised in the colorblind era of the 80s, right? We watched Little Boy King. Check. We're all good. Takes some deconstructing, right? And even if I'm not, I'm not just talking about anti-racism work or people with privilege, though we have a lot of deconstruction and diversification work to do, but I'm talking about just everybody. We live in our own circles, right? We hear the voices we hear, and we can get blinders on. So what digging in work, what effort do we need to put in to get beyond our circles of familiarity and comfort? And sometimes it might be really disruptive, and it might feel like someone just yelling at you and shouting at you all the time in your path, right? But after this moment, this is a short little story, but Jesus changes his perspective on his whole ministry. And if Jesus, who is God, can have their mind changed, can be transformed, surely we can accept that maybe we also need to be changed and have our minds transformed. So I invite you this week to take some time. If you've never thought about this, just start by noticing. Where do you get your information? Are most of the sources giving you similar news, similar stories? Are they within your everyday circles or are you hearing from people like you or in your socioeconomic class, educated class, um, neighborhood status, right? What voices aren't you hearing? Who is not represented in the stories and voices and information you hear every day? And what might happen if you made a point to listen to different voices, even folks who might be seen as questionable outsiders and unreliable narrators? What if we took a risk? Because what if? What if God might show up and help you find a connection or a holy learning 
or even a ministry beyond what you could have ever imagined on your own. I wish that for you, friends. May it be so. Neighborhood Conversations produced by Neighborhood Church in Atlanta, Georgia. You can learn more about us at neighborhoodchurchatl.com and on our website you can find links to our weekly live streams and you can find out what's going on in the neighborhood. Find us on social media and don't forget to subscribe. Peace be with you.